Okay. Have you guys started to see? You know how like all those fake like porn accounts on uh, uh yeah on d- absolutely. I started yeah. getting like uh, uh, the ones that just show up in my feed with no algorithmic input at all. So literally like mm-hmm. Deborah eight nine seven six four, and she's like, "Hey, click on this random link," and it's like, "Okay, you have zero followers." I know. It's I guess I'll DM you. Yeah, uh, I've started getting those on Letterboxd. Like people trying really? to scam on Letterboxd. <laughs> I was horny Letterboxd. Porn right yeah. now, this is a. I wonder if it's a movie that we both watched. Deborah eighty six L A. OXWOO.com. Hey, dear, I'm looking for a man for love in the distance. If that's you, write me in a, and then a bunch of weird text, what private room by distance? link in my profile. <laughs> my room name, Rabbit88. What is her, what is her top film on Letterboxd? There's never any movies. That's There's the no thing. data I would there? Be more convinced of this if like she'd been like, uh, you know what? Uh, Days of Heaven didn't love it. You know what I mean? Like at least that be, would be there'd be someone. It's a two five. It. I, I admire the technical prowess, but uh, I don't think it's yeah. Coming what together if whoever's me. making these accounts is like, I do want to record some, my thoughts on some movies while we're at it. You want to invite Deborah eighty six xo onto our podcast? Oh, should I screen that? That would actually be a really That'd funny, be a very good tweet. Try love tweet. Deborah xo eighty six go Deborah, on try love. Come, Deborah, come on our try love. Deborah, C U M on I mean, our uh, well, whenever right, the Try Love does Debbie Does Dallas for the podcast, yes, yes, I would record about Debbie Does Dallas, <laughs> the most popular porn film of all time. We would, oh, it's I mean, historical more, significance. More popular than the Behind the Green Door, but not nearly as good. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Thank you very much for listening to Try Love, a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies that we saw and people we met at the Tryland Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, my name is Jason. You can find us at Try Love Podcast on Twitter. You can find them at Tryland Cinema on Twitter. Today we're going to be talking about Christine, nineteen eighty-three. Uh, my name is Jason again, and um, and um, crushing it. Crushing I am. It. I'm really ruining it. Fucking With me are regular guests Harry. Hey, Aaron. Hey. Cody. Hey. And returning guest, Ben Savard. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Why, thank you for having me. Thank you for agreeing to bear the weight of this entire episode like Atlas holding up the sky. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Chris Lindahl plane flying. Yeah, sorry, nearby. I had to point out Chris Lindahl. You don't need to make this podcast more Chris local. Shout out to Chris Lindahl, uh, <laughs> sponsor of this, the pod. Th- yeah, thank you. Uh, this episode <laughs> has been sponsored by Chris Lindahl. Let's not Chris Lindahl, come on the pod. I don't want Chris Lindahl on the pod. You want a big hug? With uh, Ben coming here, just shown that uh, Trilove is further in bed with Big Trilon. Uh, we cannot That's be true. trusted yep. as an objective source on film takes. We will and, uh, eventually be. We'll be entering, offering an IPO eventually, and uh, <laughs> and we expect all shares to be taken completely by the. Trilon. Have we been paid for positive reviews? No, we haven't been paid for anything. But I wish we would. So uh, you know, uh, anyway. aspirational payment is almost as bad. I would love to be corrupt. Please <laughs> let me be corrupt. Please take me to the dark side.
How are you even seeing that through this weirdly do frosted window? We need to window? close that curtain. We probably do. Please don't. You. <laughs> He's a source of comfort for me. This episode has been blessed by the Saint Chris Lindahl. I uh, mm, no divine. <laughs> Heard some stuff about Chris Lindahl that does not make me want to associate mm-hmm. him with our podcast. But oh, uh, really? We can cut that out then. Sorry. No, uh, no, it's staying in. Uh, of course, we're talking about Carrie, 1983 movie by John Carpenter, based on a Stephen King novel. Talking about Christine. Oh God, I did that. Should we just start? I'm fucking like killing it, no, dude. No, no we've got too many good bits. Right now. We're too buried in it. Uh, and Ben has already introduced himself. I'm not going to make him do that again. Um, yeah, I had to say one word. <laughs> uh, ben, <laughs> you want to get had to say four right up on words there? between if the four of us? Just move it a little closer to your mouth. Yeah, there this you is a go. Power move that Jason does to make our guests feel like uncomfortable. Not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. I just want to feel like Bane. I want something covering up the bottom good. half of my face. Yes, that's the ideal podcast situation. Is Bane for all of us? I think. What if you could we'll get a, mic- I like a mask that fit over your face? Wow. I would be into that. It'd be awful. You just hear <sighs> the I mean, whole time. Yeah, that's kind of what you hear already. Right. Uh, so Aaron usually brings us in with a short synopsis Jesus of the plot. Christ. Do you want to do that this time? You always yeah. offer it. And do you have a hashtag classic have Grossman a, summary? It's time for that special segment, Aaron Grossman's movie recap. We need another theme song. <laughs> we should start this episode over. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so we're talking about Christine, 1983 film. Uh, again, this is directed by John Carpenter. Um, this came out uh, one year after The Thing. Um, the film uh, is based on a Stephen King novel, and it, it follows two high school seniors, uh, Arnie Cunningham, who is played by Keith Gordon, and uh, Dennis Gilder, uh, who is played by John Stockwell. Um, Arnie is kind of a, a socially awkward, uh, he's a more socially awkward one of the pair, who is, you know, he's bullied frequently at school, and Dennis is kind of the more popular, he's, you know, he's a jock, he's a football player. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're good friends. Um, and after the first day of, correct me if I'm wrong, the senior year of uh, their high school, um, they, after like a particularly violent uh, confrontation with some high school bullies, specifically targeting uh, Arnie, um, they're driving home and they both spot an old and worn down uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury for sale. Uh, Arnie kind of instantly is enamored with buying this car. Uh, they talk to the very creepy old man owner of the car who uh, used to be his brother's who uh, killed himself in the car. And uh, he mentions that the car is named Christine. And uh, despite the car, kind of the car drove him, bro- drove his brother mad, essentially. And, and like the whole family mad and they yeah, all it's cursed. died. Yeah. Um, I think and, they were uh, the, the Wittgensteins, right? What? Nothing. It was no. the same dumb joke I made last night. Sorry. <laughs> continue. Um, and despite Dennis's warning, Arnie uh, buys the car and begins to work on it uh, at a self-service garage in town. What uh, kind of Dennis doesn't know is that the car kind of have a, has a mind of its own and enables kind of the, the more socially awkward, uh, introverted, violently masculine aspects of Arnie's personality. Catalyst and things kind of mm-hmm. yeah, spiral out of control from there. Yeah, you get the sense that Arnie was always kind of a shitty person inside, but just he did not have the machismo to, like, let it out. Sure. Did I miss anything in that summary? Is that summary not bad? I think bad? that's a I good mean, setup. Uh, there's some intrigue with a girl that Dennis wants to date that Arnie gets to because he's cool now, and uh, Dennis broke his leg playing football or whatever, so he's sidelined in the plot for about 30% of the movie. Almost the entire middle act, right? Yeah. Uh, he's sort of set up as the protagonist, like the guy who's going to defend and protect uh, Arnie from the like evils of the machine, and then, of course, he's sidelined and only brought in for the for the yeah. climax. I think that's a good setup. Um, 
where do we want to start talking about the movie? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think we uh, want to bring Ben's. Yeah, we brought Ben in because uh, you shouted this movie out as one specifically that you would like to do, right? And you had, uh, I believe you had written something about it. Um, I attempted to. You attempted to. I failed to. Oh. <laughs> um, no, so I was I was Just didn't have time, not for lack of skill. Uh, you know, I mean, they don't require skill to, uh, <laughs> at least on my part, for oh, contributing to Perisphere. Everybody else, but they're like, let's just be nice to Ben. That you is, know? I'm fairly certain, the only way anyone ever interacts with me. Um, <laughs> oh. So you were going to write a blog about this movie for Perisphere, the Trilog blog. Yes. And then I started to, I made an outline, I started writing it, and then the, the movie played. And it was like, well, my time has passed. I can't so, count the number of times that that has happened to me. Yeah. So, uh, solidarity. But um, yeah, so, so I have thoughts. Yeah, I want to hear them. Excellent. Uh, how, how would you um, characterize this movie based on the, that writing? Okay, well, one of the other issues that came up as I was trying to kind of get my thoughts out there and write about this movie is that we played it roughly right at the same time as a lot of the Joker uh, conversations <laughs> were being had out in public. Okay. And spoiler alert, my thesis is this movie is like a warning about incels. Um and then yep. all of a sudden, everyone on Earth was talking about, hey, is this giant movie that everyone is now going to see secretly about incels? And I was like, oh, no, everything is incels. <laughs> this seems really not incels as interesting as it did. So the, the opportunistic side of you did not take over and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write an article that's about incels. I'm going to seize the moment. You instead went, no, that's kind of boring, played out. Uh, um, not, not necessarily boring, sure. but, but just like, oh, I feel a lot more like a hack all of a sudden. Inappropriately kind of taking a zeitgeist and... and right, exactly. Yeah. So um, when, in fact, you had the idea first and then the zeitgeist kind of corrosed. If anything, sure. that fucking Joaquin Phoenix guy stole from you, if you think about it. Precisely. Up. As always. God, again. <laughs> Hate that guy. <laughs> this is similar to uh, when I wrote a screenplay in my sixth grade class called The Hangover. And then all of a sudden, a few years later... <laughs> fucking Todd Phillips. Yeah. Anyway. And then he struck again. Yeah. Uh, so, so, a yeah. little peek behind the curtains at the Trilon. Volunteers get a um, a rough but usually pretty accurate list of the movies that are going to be coming out a full season ahead of time. So, it's currently early November. We just um, printed and came out with the programs for the winter series, so through February. Um, so, like that is a list that... I had gotten to see a few months ago and similarly back in like April or maybe May I saw that we were going to do Christine right. in October um, and I was like oh this is a movie I haven't seen but seems really interesting I'm going to watch it a few months ahead of time and really give myself a lot of time to write something about it um, and so Sounds I like did it went well. yeah and I, 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 watched, I watched Christine in like June or July um, took a bunch of notes and had an idea of like, wow, this seems like a very interesting way of depicting like uh, a nerd overcoming a bully or the world or some sort of obstacle. But instead of that playing out what I think to be a pretty tropey um, path of like nerd gets picked on, nerd overcomes obstacles, maybe uses some sort of power he didn't know he had within himself. I'm going to use the he here because of trope. Um, mm-hmm. And... And then comes out the victor, and it is a happy movie, or it is a, a comedy. heroic one, too, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, a, 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 like, this idea of a, like, nerd overcoming things is, like, seems like it is a... Classically... Yeah, since, uh, since yeah, whatever, since heroic. 1975 or 80, has become a hero's journey trope that we now know. Um, but this is, like, a very early example of that, where 
instead of um, taking for granted that the the nerdy guy who gets picked on is actually a good person because of this uh, like persecution. It's like, no, if you give this person power, they will become as bad as the people mm-hmm. who bullied him in the first place, especially because they don't like view the like super macho bully as like a bad person who is doing something bad to me be- and like ah uh, yes everything about him is bad it's like oh no no it is jealousy it's envy it's aspiration it's like, yeah. exactly it's like I want to be that angry right. yeah. strong but she's that's what uh, Arnie had always wanted right he always wanted to be uh, as toxic as sort of hyper masculine um, and abusive as the bullies in his life um, exactly he even you know his even his best friend um works into that that cultural system i mean he's a he's a nice guy dennis but he's still the football player he's still a chauvinist he's still uh deeply misogynistic towards the women in his school he uses them for like a scoreboard basically right with his uh other friends on the football team um and that's that's what the examples of masculinity that arnie has to look up to are uh without exception i think and then there's also uh, a domineering mom in the situation that seems to be keeping him from attaining that um which is maybe a stephen king trope is is that i don't know uh aaron and i wait i could only think of carrie as the other example uh but i don't know if that's if it's broader across stephen king um fiction i'm not like a stephen king expert i've read uh, a good amount of his books but maybe just the one i mean you know it pet cemetery there's maybe some weird stuff there he all of his books have some sort of weird uh, psychoanalytic like aspect to them i don't know specifically about that but um there's certainly some stuff going on with like the idea of of parents i think there's a specific line where what what is it that arnie says where he says isn't the role of a isn't one of the roles of a parent to try and kill your children is yeah. that what he says yeah. it's a really it good comes out of nowhere Freudian line yeah yeah uh, the, um, the script writing in this movie is really surprisingly sharp to me. And maybe, I don't know, we talked about this a little bit before, but I feel, uh, unfortunately, um, maybe unfairly, especially for a John Carpenter movie, uh, the three of us sort of allowed this movie to benefit from the soft bigotry of low expectations. Um, I don't know why, but I, I think all three of us went to this movie thinking it was going to be kind of schlocky and well, kind of like a horror like creature feature thing. It's really easy to do that because A, Stephen King has a reputation for that. B, this was a time of like creature features and C, all contemporary reviews, I was reading a couple before we started recording, only focus on the fact like, ah ha 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 possessed car, kills people like nobody touched any deeper level of this movie than that. I think it has some, you know, other stuff running underneath. Certainly. And, like, the takes that we're about to <clears throat> reveal here, I think, are, are going to uh, illuminate some of those. But I think I think you're right. I think I did go into this movie thinking it's going to be a, you know, zany creature feature, you know, um, uh, very, like, exploitation style. It has that, obviously, and it sort of wraps up with that, and the central conceit is that. I was going to bring that. that up, yeah. But most of the movie does not dwell in that, I think. Um but I want to get back to, uh, Ben, your take about red pilling in cell culture, et cetera. Where, where while watching this movie, did that first, like, that first take start to form in your head? Um, oh, man. Uh, well, he was some... reading Gorilla Mindset. Pounding Alex Jones shape. videos, taking weird brain supplements. Exactly. Uh, no, I was on uh, reddit.com slash r slash the red pill and <laughs> debating whether I wanted to take just it or not. learning like, some information about how society is structured. Christine That's, 1983, a manifesto. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like, 
I mean, this movie has those things seeded throughout, like throughout Arnie's whole character. Basically, his whole arc is that. Uh, but it like it doesn't for me. It didn't slowly set in. It was like as soon as he decides to start working for uh, what was Robert? What's his name? Robert Prosky's character, Will Darnell. Once he starts to start, decides to start working for Will Darnell to get more parts and stuff. He like the next scene that he's in, he's like ready to fuck. He is like. His shirt is unbuttoned. He's like, fuck you, mom. I'm going out to work on my car. Fuck you, my friends. I'm going to work on my car. Like, it was a snap change that did not, like, ease in for me anyway. Yeah, there's, like, a weird time jump. It, it does. It f- there's several time like, tr- jumps in yeah. this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> it's certainly not like a... It's certainly not like a steady transition, but I, I think the time jumps actually kind of work because it is so jarring to see his character mm-hmm. one scene after the other. I think that kind of worked for me. Well, that's what I'm curious about specifically with Ben's take is like, was it a, did you like notice near the end of the movie that like, oh, this kid is like, he's a 2019 incel or was it slowly over the course of the movie start peeled back? I mean, probably slowly over the course of the movie. I'm going to look at my notes surreptitiously and see. Um, Okay, I guess, like, the second note I wrote was, like, the car is emblematic of a retrograde strict form of toxic white masculinity, a 1958 model muscle car whose first kill is the only black person in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then and the that's second, before the movie starts, right? It, exactly, yeah. it's like the prelude. And then the second <clears throat> attempt at kill at killing someone is his girlfriend while they're mm-hmm. at the drive-in. Um, so maybe maybe it was kind of upfront. It's it's foregrounded really well by the script itself, right? I mean, right. like the first time we meet these these two characters, they do a really good job of introducing us to the framing of the the movie, um, where in a in a realistic fashion, in my opinion. Um, maybe unfortunately, the the 1980s teen speak in this movie right from the start is, like, extremely uh, self-consciously obsessed with sexuality and with um, particularly, like, chauvinistic, uh, domineering sort of um, sexuality as competition uh, frameworks of sexuality. Um, Like, from the very first scene that Arnie and Dennis are together, they're making sex jokes in the car on the way to school, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that sex sort of, like, determines a lot of the way that they're looking at the world. And it's not just sex. It's sex as identity and power, um, especially as um, persecuting women um, or chasing women. Um, and, and like, unfortunately, obviously, but, but realistically probably um, for the time, um, queerness is, is deeply persecuted. Um, as a sort of manifestation of that same uh, problematic approach to or thinking about sexuality, um, which is interesting because uh, Arnie and Dennis are so obviously in love with one another, right? Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's a hot take. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I was going to say, like, I think uh, if the realization came slowly to me at all, it was probably because, like, at the beginning of the movie, kind of expecting this arc to occur in a more like conventional way mm-hmm. I was very much getting ready to start rooting for the nerdy underdog yeah. um, and this is I'm sure not much of a, of a surprise to anyone I was a very nerdy kid in high school <laughs> and middle school and you're kind preaching of right the now. choir here but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, also I there was a couple of early like uh, gay jokes in the car that just like the way that they were handled was like obviously very dated but uh, Arnie's response to them I was like oh is this going to be a subplot like is this part of the like his 
you know, being bullied at school and like, oh, I, I don't know. I was like so ready to start rooting for him. And then that just so comes crashing down so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, to, to, I agree with what Harry was saying. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I, like obviously I'm not I'm not trying to um, impose a, a queer reading um artificially uh but i did like there was a str- i think there's a strong argument to be made that 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 is an element of the tragedy here uh between uh, arnie and dennis is that their their relationship is framed in a um romantic way in some ways well there are all those shots of like from one window of the car pointing at the other person you know from like driver side to passenger side where just like the focus will change or the perspective will change to like put them both in the frame, looking like gazing lovingly at each other most often. And I, I mean, mean it's, it's subtext, but right. it's there. Well, and, and like I, th- I think that it, it integrates with the larger themes of the movie, whether or not it was intended to be a queer reading in the first place, right? I mean, like even if it were explicitly queer, it would still be about forwarding the themes of the movie, which are this idea that like the tragedy is that Dennis likes Arnie for all of the things that Arnie hates about himself and that Arnie begins to purge when he feels the status and identity that Christine gives him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the element of their relationship that breaks down um, in such a tragic way is that like, but, but you know, uh, to Arnie's perspective, um, he he doesn't think it's probably fair that Dennis likes those things about him when Dennis is able to have the status that he yep. has. Despite mm-hmm. that, it would be sort of unfair from his perspective. Uh, Aaron, you brought up, you can talk about this, uh, that um, this movie, is, oh. the first act of this movie is basically Akira, <laughs> which uh, is a really yeah. funny, good point. This the um, Yeah, I mean, Jason, you had said something earlier that I think was kind of interesting because you had said that we had all came in with maybe slightly lower expectations than maybe we should have. I, if anything, I was maybe a little. I, I was I was coming in, I guess, a little bit curious because I know that Carpenter um, has such an ability to to make you know genre movies that that are subversions in like little small ways, um, and sometimes those don't necessarily add up to a greater whole that I think maybe he's going for, or maybe even not going for. But I think in this movie specifically, I think there's enough little things that I found interesting. The fact that who you expect the main character to be. I mean, any other movie, Dennis would be the main character of this movie, where Arnie is, is clearly actually the the focus of the story. Um, and his his kind of character turn, as, as you had mentioned... Um, That's Ben, for those of you listening at home. Ben, sorry, I'm, I'm making a video, I'm pointing. Um, but, yeah, again, you, you do expect it to be like a Revenge of the Nerds kind of heroic story, where the nerd is the one who is justified... Um, in his actions, and they even kind of set that up perfectly with the scene where um, Arnie is being bullied. There's like a really like kind of visceral uh, sequence early in the the shop class where Arnie is bullied, and one of the bullies like pulls out a knife. And yeah, like, that's that's Buddy, the bully who is like clearly a 45 year old man. He's yeah. got like big grown ass arms, yeah. and like you can see the stubble forming, and like his yeah. giant hair and mullet. It's great. He has a mortgage and shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> that scene kind of sets up you to want to be sympathetic to, to Arnie's character, and then it just kind of spirals out from there. In the same way that, that honestly, yeah, I, th- I thought of Akira uh, while watching this movie, and that Tetsuo was a character that is so beaten down in the first half of that movie that you, you really want to root for him, and then you realize that by rooting for him, you're actually kind of enabling his worst tendencies, his more violently masculine uh, uh, tendencies and desire for power. Well, that uh, and he gets corrupted. That he learns directly from Canada, uh, like those those traits. Those much like Dennis, right? And yeah, it's a similar thing. I mean, biker culture, uh, like uh, what is uh, 
forget the name for it, but uh, oh, like Japanese uh, bike. Boku Zatsu, I think. Uh, I don't think Zatsu is the second. I think Boku is the correct uh, uh, prefix, but I don't know about the second part. Sure, but no. uh, the fact is, like, Kanada, the person that he looks up to is, like, fully ingrained and sort of leader in this space. Uh, Dennis is the quarterback of, of the high school football team who is, you know, uh, getting ironically not getting the woman he wants in this movie uh but like that's when the movie starts to subvert some of those expectations um i am i want to know what everybody thinks about like the way that this movie the ways in which this movie uh repurposes some of those like uh symbols of masculinity and like some of those signifiers of um like 19 this movie was set in 1977 so like late 1970s depictions of masculinity just being a strong man uh accreting women and uh, shop work and football and misogyny etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah uh, that was ben's second note right we'll do be- be- what we've got cody's noties we can do benji's noties no that's not the, it, well this is a bit that i'm not familiar with yeah, sure it's, it's a it's a new edition um but you had said that the car itself symbolizes a retrograde sort of um traditional look american at, masculinity yeah yeah um and I, I i think that is interesting to like kind of like think about like okay if you were writing or like a book or creating a movie in you know 1970 late 1970s early 1980s um like what is the first thing that you think of when you think of like american masculinity Mm -hmm. and like this bright red sports car feels so perfectly in line with that but that is like a great visual symbol of it but then like in terms of the actions and attitudes adopted by the person who is then being kind of possessed by this car, it's like, what What? what do we use? It's like, well, misogyny and anger and aggression and violence and, like, just tunnel vision, not being able to see anything but the goal in front of you and not listening to anything around you that you mm-hmm. don't want to hear or things that you don't agree exactly. with. Exactly. And I think it's interesting the way that you describe the actions and attitudes that are imposed, adopted by Arnie, the like stronger to me in this movie uh, that's totally valid and i think like correct stronger to me is the impression that um care that christine the car i almost did it again that christine the car has adopted uh to fit like the people who've been driving it presumably the guy who killed himself and his whole family went to ruin before arnie owned it was also a horrible misogynist and like a terrible person whose worst tendencies were just amplified uh but that the car has adopted like you said because misogynists own it and drive it she's it's adopted a, a oh a, interesting a, a you're, you're saying name. That, that it has sort of absorbed the um the outlook of its drivers i th- i think i mean without such direct connections but yeah i think in the book that's like more or less the backstory is oh, that yeah? christine takes on the specifically the shitty mannerisms of the original owner um, who may or may not be the brother of the creepy guy we see at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I'm misremembering Wikipedia. They they do give a short, like, uh, previous owner's thing when the old guy is recapping what's happened um, regarding the car. But uh, I think it's just interesting the way that the movie plays both of those because, like, obviously Arnie is um, just subsumed by, like, his own internal strife amplified by the car. But also the car is uh, – it doesn't just stand as symbol for but, like, exists as – this thing that like a feminine name, feminine symbology, very loud and um, uh, visible, you know, attractive to men of the same culture, of, you know, car culture. I don't know really where that 
where I want to go with that, but just it sticks out very strongly to me in the movie. Um, I think that that there are two there are two really interesting aspects to that. Um, one is that uh, Christine herself, the car, um, is characterized by her possessiveness, by how much she wants to own her drivers and be the only thing that they love and the only thing that they think about. Um, I think that that possession of another person is um, parallel to and symbolic of the way that that ultimately um, the toxic masculinity depicted in this um, movie wants to um, own Mm -hmm. the objects of their desire. Um, You know, uh, Arnie... Uh, wants to own Lee, Leah, right? Um, and and wants to use her as a, a symbol of who he is now or who he can be to the point where it's sort of a joke that they actually have a, an equitable relationship. Uh, when he goes to visit um, Dennis in the hospital, uh, he says, oh, it's not what you think, but he has this like little half smirk on his face. So it's, it's really interesting to me that, that specifically um, Christine is about material possession because car people are like histori- are always so possessive of their cars, and it, it makes so much sense, and it's such an um, an obvious metaphor that um, Arnie is so possessive of his car as a sort of symbol of who he wants to be aspirationally. Um, and then the other thing is that um, Arnie has that line in his his final sort of villainous monologue when he's driving Dennis down the highway um, about how. There's there's nothing there's there's no better feeling than a man driving down the highway in his own car and so like there's this sense of like the um, the ability to have freedom or like the ability to have what you want and the imposition of will in that way um, it's it's a I think that the the car metaphor really works for this movie right in a mm-hmm. lot of ways it's a really good effective shorthand I think yeah I think the like the kind of jarring focus on all of the like the sexual sexually laden conversations that you were talking about Harry at the beginning of this movie um the real intense focus on like genitals uh and like very male gazy things eventually get transposed onto Christine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Arnie anytime Arnie is touching the car it's like uh and I think I remember reading this off of IMDb or Wikipedia or whatever, but it's also really obvious, right, that whenever he's he's touching this car, he's imagining some sort of uh, female body part. Oh yeah, there's there's a like a a male gaze of on the car in this movie. There's mm-hmm. like a lot of sexually charged uh, filming on the car itself. Yeah, like the very intro sequence is just like a nearly pornographic stares at this car coming together and like the very shiny exterior and like tweaking the mirrors and stuff. And then, like, uh, Arnie's last thing that he does is to stroke the V-shaped symbol on the very front yeah. of the car. You know, it's not yeah. it's not subtle, <laughs> right? Like, it's it's very open. And, you know, he's covered in blood, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's pretty, like, out there, out front, right? It's not, it's not buried in a whole lot, I think. No, and I, I think that that, like, part of that is just the way that... Uh, most American media is like um, created is like we treat beautiful women the same way that we treat beautiful objects. It's it is like this is a it's like a one to one of like oh yeah like car porn that is a a thing on Reddit just yep. as much as like porn is a thing on Reddit. Um, not to bring everything back to Reddit, um, <laughs> but bringing it back to um, kind of the idea of like. Uh, what do people who don't have power think of when they think of like aspirationally like 
what do I want? Um, it's it's so uh, somebody mentioned Revenge of the Nerds. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh my god! Yeah, when I was yeah, fairly it's young, it's, yes. <laughs> so I had not. So ah. when I watched Christine a few months ago, I was like, this to me. I thought this was going to be like what I think of Revenge of the Nerds. So I'm going to uh, watch Revenge mm-hmm. of the Nerds, which uh, coincidentally came out within six months of Christine. Holy oh, shit. Out. Yeah, hell of a double feature. Yeah. Uh, did it come out after? Do it you came know? out after. It came out like five and a half months after. Ooh, man, yeah. Um, and so <laughs> in terms of, of just time, very o- overarching like uh, plot, like Revenge of the Nerds is the – trope that I thought we were going to get yep. with Christine. It's you probably have Arnie's nerds. favorite movie, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, where these nerds are bullied just like ad absurdum um, and they overcome the odds. They use their smarts and ingenuity and some trickery and an incredible amount of misogyny um, and homophobia and racism to then get revenge on the bullies and come out on top and create this like better society within the college campus where everybody is treated equally uh, and it's it, it is just absolutely incredible how bad this movie is yeah um, how unfunny it is <laughs> and how just like everything about it has aged so so poorly and so toxically mm-hmm. yeah and like, it, it, that's a really good point I was gonna uh, when Aaron brought up Revenge of the Nerds I, I had hoped we got to that so thank you because like that movie does like retroactively completely prove out the thesis of Christine right mm-hmm. that yeah yeah it's like it's this is you look at um, like Revenge of the Nerds if you take it seriously is like ah yes this is what people thought would happen if you gave power to the nerds and then the answer is like no 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 we see in you know 2019 like as like the idea of nerds becomes less of like a schoolyard you know like insult and more of just like a thing that people readily it's like like oh yeah i it's not a necessarily a bad thing to call yourself a nerd like computer programmers have a lot of power a lot of money um, you know, like the richest men in the world are all people who got their money through the internet and they are nerds. subsumed into the mainstream values that or <laughs> exactly. our or the, the or that they always were part of a privileged class. Yes. They were just socially uh, uh, viewed as outcasts yeah. in a way that, and that they didn't that like. their value system didn't actually yeah. uh, contradict the mainstream values. Yes. Economically and politically, they always had the same amount of power. It is just. Social power is something that they want as well. Right. And they, um, they view themselves as an underclass. Yeah. And it's like the, I, the my overarching, like all of my notes when I was watching Revenge of the Nerds is like, this feels like a schlocky like movie about like racism that somebody just like crossed out the N-word and just like, no, 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 we're going to do a different N-word. It's going to be nerds. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they're like, yes, we are taking at face value yeah. that like smart young white men are just as like abused as uh, like people of color. And yeah. It's, yeah. it is just wild how, how awful that movie is. But anyway, it's like, oh, Christine got this right that when like when the nerds like kind of achieved the same social status that they wanted to like decades after these movies and this trope kind of became established, we see that like, no, like toxic masculinity is still deeply embedded in this. And like the, yeah, the the results kind of speak for themselves. And and a turnover of power without uh, coinciding um, turnover of values or of ideology undergirding that power will reproduce the same horrors that 
the previous regime yeah. uh, instituted, right? Is right, that just like, in, in a different flavor, in a different exactly. way. Exactly. It's yeah. like Arnie had become every bit the, the sort of bully monster, if not worse, than any of the bullies ever were. There was still all of the, uh, the misogyny and the um, uh, bullying that he was victimized by, but now he is the one doing the victimizing, mm-hmm. but nothing has changed. Exactly. You're pulling from the same well, right? The same poison well for like, it, your it source of power. because those things that we're aspiring to are not to be aspired to. It's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the desire is not to to make things better. It is to be in the, the space that the people who are more powerful than you are currently right, in. Which, right, which is yeah. what all of those Revenge of the Nerds narratives yeah. are really about. That's uh, the point of this movie, essentially. Or all those, any pretty much any college movie from, like, you know, it's like, oh, it's the scrappy young fraternity fighting against the big popular fraternity. It's, yeah, it's the same the, thing. But but the the seductive influence of those movies is always that it's a it's a battle of ideologies, right? That, yeah. that like, the, the underdogs will eventually win because they're better because they yeah. actually want something better when in reality that's not the case and as Christine portrays it's not the case right, right. Yeah. indulging in those things does not level the playing field for anybody for any co-culture or any sort of people it just like replaces the figurehead of it and the, with the, the desire face. to dominate and subjugate in that way is itself part of the same culture that yeah. created the subjugation and domination in the first place mm-hmm. exactly yeah. you you look at the the people that christine wants to take revenge on the most it's not just the people who have wronged arnie it is the people that he, arnie can't control yep. it's like his boss his boss, That's why his, boss gets his girlfriend, yep. like there's there is a, a tension in the movie that Arnie ostensibly like likes this girl, wants to be with this girl, wants to do right by her. But the influence of the car is pulling him toward she isn't doing everything that I want her to as soon as I tell her to do it. Ergo, she is the enemy and I will use violence and, against and her. And like any any uh, self agents or any agency she has for herself is a threat to my self-perception exactly. i can't be the per- exactly the person i want to be if she perceives me in any other way therefore i have to continually subjugate her until she will see me exactly as i want to be seen <laughs> and yeah. christine is the only one who does that for him yeah that that's why christine is kind of the perfect relationship for him because it right. is it is a it is literally a physical object right in the way that he would want the woman in his life to be he wants to have control over what goes on in his household when talking to his mother. He wants uh, uh, control over what happens, uh, especially like sexually, with his girlfriend. Um, and a car is something that you know. Obviously, the car in this film is not an inanimate object, but it is. It is an object that you know. He puts lots of time into it. He makes sure it looks good when he goes outside with it, and it is something that, in some small way, conforms to his will in a way that people cannot. Right. Well, it's a manifestation it, of his will. Yeah. It's a vehicle yeah. for his shitty hey. intentions. Okay. Uh, nice. Wow. For uh, his fury. Aaron, we had argued about this a little bit. It yeah. is metaphorically a manifestation of his will, even if the movie does not literally portray it as such. I, I, there's something about that. I, I think that's like a fine reading, but there's something about that reading that kind of strikes me a little off and that it, it is portraying a relationship. Like we are supposed to view Christine as somewhat a kind of independent actor in the movie. Um, and that it, 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 in my mind, it is more like it is a, an extremely toxic relationship in which Christine, as a, as a, a partner, mm-hmm. I guess, um, yeah. enables the worst yeah. aspects of 
uh, Arnie's personality. Right. Um, mm-hmm. because she, I understand because she, it is like it is channeling a lot of his his toxic masculinity. But in my mind, it, it's kind of more interesting to view it as a, a second party. That 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 is why that relationship works for so well for and both I th- of them. I think those readings can integrate. It's it's like a little minor thing, but I th- I think especially when you're watching the movie, you kind of think like, wait, is he controlling the car when it's doing these things? And I think it's that's not really the truth so much. I mean, it, I I really like that that turn at the end uh, when they choose to show Arnie behind the wheel for the I first think, time, right? Yeah, yeah, and it offers up the question: who who is behind the wheel? Uh, I think the marrying of those two. Um, uh, um, agendas together um, that actually like made this movie a little bit stronger for me. Jason, would you agree? I think I would. Um, I When I think about that, I think about what drew Christine to Arnie and what drew Arnie to Christine. Allegedly, this car sat there for, what, 15, 20 years or something by the time that Arnie found it just in a field on their way home, I guess. Uh, why Arnie didn't notice it before, if these are roads that they've traveled in the past, why, like, why now is when he decided that he was so obsessed with it. It was right after his public... Uh, emasculation by a ser- by mm-hmm. a number of other men in a in a garage at school. At one point, he says that uh, Christine is the only thing he's ever seen that's uglier than he is, but he knows he can fix it up. So that's a pretty yeah. clear uh, metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I just think about all the different like. It goes back to what I was saying about how Christine seems to have absorbed like and identified the type of people who are susceptible to this, who who uh, crave that power, but not the equality that like it should serve they crave the power that um will differentiate them that will uh put them in power rather than um allow for an equalization of yeah. that of that a distribution of that power power you know what I mean? power of of kind of americana or american masculinity from the 1950s right yeah um the the, the classic image of a, a strong man behind a muscle car um, With a woman at his, his side, life. sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. Or, or you know, just by himself, just having some free time, man. You know, <laughs> away from all the responsibilities in life, like that. Yeah, it's it's um. It's like, yeah, I, I think the the part about the the car, like choosing him, is it's it, you know, the, it's like a. It's not so much that he chose the car, so much as the car, like like brought identified he as was buying what it was selling closer. right yeah yes yeah. that's what i mean it's like yeah. it was not a one-way exchange it wasn't like yes. oh fell into the trap of this car it's like arnie like i said that's what tells me that arnie's a pretty shitty person at his heart is yeah. because like he had that's something the argument in the movie right well, yeah, yeah. He, he is a shitty person but also society is is pushing his his negative tendencies yeah. in that Direct. Much like yeah. Christine itself. I mean, like yeah. that's that's the idea, right? Is that yeah. that Christine is representative of all that is idealized about men uh, in the sort of uh, societal framework that Arnie yeah. grew up, and his attraction to it makes him this monster. And what mm-hmm. does that say about what those signifiers are about? Our vision of idealized masculinity makes something like this and yeah. turns somebody into that, yeah. right? And at the same time, I don't get the feeling, you know, from a lot of John Carpenter's stuff is very subversive, but maybe this is just I'm completely off base here. But I do get the idea that maybe he also does like those cars, right? Like all of his subversive oh, movies are also in love with with a lot of the aspects of the stuff that he is subverting. Like, the thing is very subversive in a lot of ways to that kind of creature feature. But he also um, just wants to see a guy's head fall off of a table in a really sloppy mess. And I really want to mess. see that, too. Yeah. I, I want mean, to see that. There's an argument to be made that, that uh, subversive material like this is, is more... Seductive. Uh, more seductive yeah. and, and also uh, more effective if uh, it's not 
um, something that the director feels like they're above. If they feel yeah. like, hey, I, like I'm affected by this too, that's why it's so dangerous and so pernicious. Yeah. Um, I really liked that um, your characterization of the relationship between Christine and uh, Arnie because um, it gets at the heart of um, a, a really good way to understand the way that that toxic domineering uh, masculinity works, which is that it's like a war for perception of reality itself, right? Is that, like, Arnie can't stand the idea of how people see him, mm-hmm. and he wants to control that. To the, to the point where um, I think, like uh, Ben said, anyone is a threat to that, right? Like, anyone who could ostensibly see him as anything other than the, the badass behind the wheel is a threat. It's Everybody shitters, right? The whole world shitters. That's what he says. That's what his monologue at the end is about. talking about shitters? Is that to the, to the point where only Christine, who doesn't even have uh, a, a voice, agency of her own, except that, you know, she does. She it, does the bumblebee radio um, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, only she can see him Not the way accurate. that he wants to be seen. And he will use that power to control the way the world perceives him yeah. at any cost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the abyss also stares back into him. Uh, with big headlights. With four, like, dually headlights that shine brighter than the goddamn sun. The, the exposure on those shots is very good. When, like, the, it happens several times in the movie where, like, somebody's staring down the car from, like, 500 yards and it's just pew in a turn. It's, you talked about the, the all the. Uh, one thing we touched upon when we were watching it is the. It's like. They're being chased by a car, and it's like, dude, just go up some stairs. What the <laughs> fuck? What do you just jump up that ledge? I can see it. It's right there. Stop that, running down this road the, the in movie, a straight line. The movie sort of plays with that later on, where yeah. like going through the alleyway to kill Chunk or whatever his name is, Moochie. Moochie. Is it Moochie? Yep. Uh, to kill. I don't know. Why do you got to do him like Jesus, that? Jesus, Chunk. He uh, because he knows where he keeps the car. <laughs> I know where he keeps it. <laughs> There's um that alleyway, like she defies what a car should be able to do. Yeah. She, like, bends shape to destroy part of herself to kill this. Per- or he. I, I mean, I guess, like, the, the windows are blacked out, so you can't really tell if Arnie's in there or not. Presumably not. Um, and when she's, uh, pi- like, getting out from being pinned by the uh, caterpillar, like, that's that isn't that's beyond what a car should be able to do. So just specifically plot-wise, I'm assuming that if somebody went up a set of stairs... Christine it would find go a way to get the those, stairs. Yeah. yeah, like it would grow legs and just kind of fucking <laughs> turn into something out of what is the airplane? It's like my JJ, JJ the jet plane. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so oh. there's there's another thought that's been emerging while I've been talking, and it really plays to um, the incel culture ideas and uh, the masculinity power differential ideas. Soft boy culture is equally shitty. I think. Sorry, Sorry what, what culture? Soft boy culture. No, soft boy. How do you know like what B- soy B-O-I? face is? No, you just you just said it kind of weird. <laughs> did I did I say no, soft you're boy fine. weird? It's fine. Uh, we'll roll back the tape. Um, but soft boy culture uh, is the concept on the internet where mm-hmm. well it originated on the internet where like as a direct response to hypermachismo and um, Chadism, so to speak, that you that men should be softer and more in touch with their feelings and I mean all mm-hmm. these like seemingly positive things that are really just used to prop up oneself's um own one's own self image mm-hmm. basically and to like it's like those memes where it's like is this man bothering you queen sort of thing it's like being a white knight being a defender of women being a mm-hmm. uh, like l- l- very uh, in tune with one's own um like 
with their place in society as like a, a, a woke white man sort of thing. Um, and I'm wondering if there's any corollary at all to be made between soft, soft boy culture and the, and the general thesis of Christine. Um, I would say that, that like Christine's point about, um, the revenge of the nerd style, uh, competition and, and victory for the underclass here. Um, the problem maybe in, in my mind with soft boys is that it doesn't actually switch out any of the toxic signifiers of status and um, personal s- achievement that characterize um, toxic culture in the first place. It just replaces those with different yeah. signifiers. Like the, the ultimate um, status is still the same thing. It's just that there it's still a competition, right? It's just that you're um, in competition about different things. Um, in, instead of rock and roll, it's chill hop. Instead of sports, it's video games. Just it's still ultimately about domineering, right? Yes, and about that's what I mean. Is like forcing the, other people to conform with your idea of yourself, yeah. um, and your and imposing your will on those people to transform them into the people that you want them to be, so that you can see yourself in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess, given the table's familiarity with the term soft boy that was not a, well, that was I mean, a swing and a miss it, it seems if there's if this is like a distinct phenomenon on the internet you know let me know but it seems like there's a lot of overlap with like nice guy culture yes yeah, or like it, they, they're closely 100%. related okay yeah. so that that to me that makes a lot of sense of like um, in the same way that people in the 80s could kind of see the nerd as like an underdog and thus like oh, just like all the good underdog stories, there must be like a good set of values behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that it's like there are well, plenty of nice guys who I would also say like overlap or maybe eventually move into kind of like incel culture mm-hmm. because they think like, I view myself as the underdog, therefore, like, people should be rooting for me. Therefore, when, I'm when entitled to something. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then when they are actually just using that as, like, a shield to cover up the fact that they're a shitty person or to, like, get away with, like, different forms of misogyny or different forms of just being selfish. Right. right. Yeah, and the entitlement is the common element there, right? Y- like, yeah. yeah. The, the key differentiator is uh, a direct rejection of the symbols of, like, traditional masculinity of, like, sports and cars and, you know, uh, going out and partying and stuff to nice guy, soft boy culture. Um, and I feel like some of the statements that the movie Christine makes are applicable in that same respect. Like, like all, all all white men are the same basically they just use different symbols and ideas to prop up their own i mean me too but everybody props up their own um they're, like, st- they're still about feeling entitled to be seen in a certain way and to use other people to those ends yeah uh and in the process dehumanize or reject those people's interiority right that's I was going to say, there's a really great short story on N Plus One this month called The Feminist that is uh, essentially about a, like, soft boy. Or cat like, person yeah. is kind of like that, too. Yes, from exactly. It's like someone, someone who, like, thinks of themselves as the good guy because they adopt these ideas, they adopt these mannerisms, um, and they at least, like, uh, put some, like, some... Wow, I can't think of the right word. Um, Some full effort into it. Right, yeah, they, they, Mm. they, like, pretend, um, or lip service. They pay lip service to these ideals of, like, modern third or fourth wave feminism. And and then when that doesn't, like, eventually, or not even eventually, like, immediately Mm -hmm. translate into... Ha, like being able to control the people, the women in their life, right. yeah, or like, or at least like 
they don't immediately achieve the type of lifestyle that they want to with this, then it turns toxic. Because, because the goal all along was to like feel not just validated, but to like like achieve a slightly different uh, like looking version of the same life. Right, yes. and they yeah. still they felt entitled to that status. Exactly, and and in fact, like uh, their adoption of those signifiers. Uh, was part of that entitlement complex. It was like, well, I'm doing the thing. Right. And like, it's what just, do you mean I can't have what I want? <laughs> it's just an acknowledgement that, like, oh, I must put in more, like you said, I must pay the lift service. I must, like, at every turn, th- people know this from listening to the podcast, I refer to my, I, like, disclaim that I'm just a white man talking about, you know, issues that are not relevant. Can you to tell th- listening to, no. All the of way he voices. just said white. <laughs> white. Uh, but, like, the it's premium. that. White. Okay, Sorry, I'm, keep done, going. I'm done talking about this. No, you're good. No, keep going. Um, Cody, I want to hear about Cody's noties. It's time for that segment of the show, everybody. Is it Cody's really? noties. Oh, sorry, is it not time? To talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we got all the way through soft boy culture, man. We are, there was another bit I was going to set up. Do it. You want to do your bit? bit? God damn it! Set up your bit. What's my bit? It's time for that bit of the show. What's that quote with oh. Harry Mackin? Uh, so last night when we were talking, uh, when we got to the end of Christine, <laughs> um, which is um, where. Dennis uses a bulldozer to crush Christine. Uh, we started talking about, hey, what if uh, Ar- this was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and uh, Arnold had to say a quote when he crushed Christine because he has one-liners. So can I'll, we, uh, I'll, uh, I'll just total yeah. recall where he drills the guy to death and he yeah. says, screw you. Screw I'll, you. <laughs> okay. I'll allow those. Good. That one's like a, like a solid eight or nine out of ten. Easily nine. We have not set this up beforehand, but Harry, can you do all of these in Arnold's accent? I'm going to do my best. Okay, and then can we agree on a rating out of ten after do we have he does to, Do we have to? Line? We're actually deliberating. So is the, Harry, the is Harry just a vote? Just very quickly. Just, no, just you're going to rank the one-liner. Oh, okay. The one-liner, yeah. We're going to hold, right. gonna hold up the little sign so it's only visuals <laughs> like the judges of the Olympics. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, let's go. Let's All do right. it. <laughs> Buckle up. Pretty, pretty 4.2. I'm feeling Ooh. 6. How are we feeling? I'm, feel, I'm feeling a, a 6. I'm feeling a 6. Um, I'll, I'll go 5. Okay, okay let's go so five we got a 4-2. Okay, I can settle on 5. 5, okay. Bing, 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 bing. Going to be some low scores on this one, boys. This next one's very similar. It's... Fasten your seatbelt. I I like that. I I like that more. I I would actually oh, go mm. like I would go like seven. I'm giving that one a four because a it's derivative and b it's just longer. It's a longer version, less snappy than the first. See, one. I like that. It's like yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm with Cody. That's a five five. You get you get a really nice little taste of the accent with a fossen. I, yes. I don't yeah. like that he specified it was when Christine was being crushed. If if someone was behind the wheel of Christine and said that while driving after somebody, that would I'm going to give it a three. You know. Wow. So are we settling at five on that one too? Yeah, I'll settle five on that one. I'm afraid your license has expired. Feeling seven. I I like that. I'll go. I'll go six. Ben, crucial. Yeah, I mean, he's, they're 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 killing the car, and you don't give a license right. to a car. Right. Maybe it's your registration or your car I'll give it a seven one though. It's my All favorite right. so far. I I like the the longer ones. You get you get to get into like the rhythm, the cadence of like. Ben said, like, the accent. Um, the music would definitely doing that accent. drop as soon as he starts to say this, right? Like, there's just diegetic oh, totally. sound, no music, yeah. and then he says it, and then boom, music. Okay. Just envisioning this in my head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Try this ca- crash test, dummy. <laughs> Try this crash test. Crash test, dummy. With, like, comma. Ooh. There's a comma, See this? Yeah. I, I, I want to hear Ben's opinion, because this does play directly to the fact that he is crashing, that, the cru- that there's, like, something being crushed. 
that there is damage being done. It's not just try this crash test dummy. It's yeah, it's hard to the original he he messed up one word in the original one, but I think the the quote is so good. I'm going to give that an 8. I, I 8 for me too. I give that a 7. Um, I can't believe I'm disagreeing this much with you guys. Wow. <laughs> if that's not a 10, I don't know. Oh, they, settle on a 9. Right, settle I, on a I'm, 9. I'm easy with a 9. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Settle on a 9. You are totaled. <laughs> uh, We're back into the fives. Yeah. Three, yeah. <laughs> all right. To- to- okay. I'll, but, go, I'll but, go five. Winners. I'll, I'm giving that one a seven. I think we it's should. What? It can't just, it can't be. Total? You got you to gotta twist it, twist the knife a little bit when you're ending this sucker. You got to so, gotta yeah. really let him I, listen to you. If, if one of the ones that I said last night makes it on this, easy, easy 11 for me. Okay. Mm, I'm trying to find good ones. Uh, I think the most important um, viewers here are Ben and I, uh, because the three of you, I all got a draft of these the first I time. I didn't make a single these, one. No. Yeah. Some of these are uh, HM originals. I'm going to be honest. I, I usually consider myself good at like the pun stuff, but like they got like four good ones out in a row, and yeah. I was humbled. I was we like, were just oh, machine gunning these. <sighs> yeah. Time for a tune-up. <laughs> also not pretty bad. good. Seven. Yeah. The video yeah, game this would be better if it was like Arnold was if it was a movie where Arnold is like a car mechanic and that's yeah, his I thing. Know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the mechanic. He, he squishes it with his what bare hands. What if he played Arnie? Man, that's oh, what I'm saying. That's, yeah, did you know, Kevin, know, Bacon, Kevin Bacon? Probably was originally would not have gotten Arnie? bullied at the beginning of this movie. Hey, did, hey, did you know that Kevin Bacon was originally going to be Arnie, mm-hmm. but then he had to step out for Footloose? Yeah. Can you imagine Kevin Bacon in Arnie's role? I really can't. I think, I think that I think he's too, uh, too handsome. Keith Gordon does a pretty good job. He does. Yeah, he plays both, both sides of that character. Yeah, well. I thought yeah. Kyle Mooney yeah. really nailed this this role uh, as Arnie. <laughs> wow. Uh, ben, we didn't get your take on that last one about um, uh, four point five. That's four point five. That yeah, might that might need to be a six. All right, how about one? You got one more. I got one that's more. Really fire. Uh, oh god, really that's fire. really good. I don't know. Um, the crash test dummy was probably my. Um, <laughs> that was your ringer. It was a nine, so it's pretty good. No more joy riding. Two. Two? Two? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. yeah I, I think the, the Anybody else coming up with anything? You're all out of gas. Oh, Let's not, let down the roof. That's not bad, yeah. <laughs> oh, that doesn't Time even make sense. I'm to you in. You're just oh, naming parts of a car suicide now. Doors. Let's check under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Listen, okay. I came up with a lot of these. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> We should do that more often. We should have fun on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> we should pretend to Arnie is every character, even when he's not named Arnie. Uh, we should talk. We talked a lot about uh, this movie's central thesis. How well do you guys think that it uh, expresses that thesis? Because this is something I wanted to talk about. Where like, I think uh, Jason, Aaron, and I liked this movie pretty well, but not as well as the strength of the thesis would maybe uh, lend you to believe. I think the first half of this movie is more solid than the I second. I agree. Which, I think yeah. that the first act of this movie is by far its strongest. The mo- the movie ends as the movie I thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, like, could you speak more is, to that? It's it's not a positive, I should say, up front. I think that the movie starts, obviously, really heavy-handed with the uh, with characterizing uh, basically all the men in this movie as just horrible. They're like part of the same horrible culture regardless of the signifiers that they use to express it and then near the end it turns into more of a creature feature where the car is buzzing around a shop and uh, trying to squish people and it's being crushed don't worry about it um, and uh, I just think that it turned like I thought it was going to be a creature feature which is why I like was not super excited to see it and then that high high of like oh wow this movie is actually like kind of nailing another central thing like a smarter thing than I thought it was going to go for for maybe 60% of the movie and then near the end Pretty much as soon as Dennis comes back in the picture after his like 
middle act uh, absence in the hospital, it starts to like delve back into that more tropey structured thing that I thought it was going to be. How do you feel about that, Ben? Did this movie realize... I, I, I liked the way that it combined kind of... like the, the only thing that I knew about this movie before I saw this movie was the log line. It's a haunted car a la a Stephen King novel. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool, this is why I haven't seen it. I don't really quite... That doesn't like really pique my interest. Like yeah. I'm sure I would have fun watching it. I would say yes if people were going to go see it, but I wouldn't seek it out on its sure. own. Um, and I thought that the the way that it was able to kind of like ground the necessary action to like like you you won't make this movie unless there's going to be like like a burning car running down a bully Ooh, what a good and shot that was incredible and yeah. and like and then like okay well then we need to have some good guy overcome and like defeat the car and put it back into the ground um so thinking of that as like a necessary portion of the movie i thought it was like it did well to combine like some deeper themes some like interesting ideas and some good character development and like devolution of Arnie before hmm. it got into that. And um, so I was I was like a fan of that because I if the whole movie was just the, the the final third, the final act, I I would not have been all that into it. Sure, for um, sure, I, and, I agree with that. And I, but I think kind of overall, it's like the movie has aged well in themes, but has not necessarily aged well in a lot of like like some of the directorial choices, like um, like the. The soundtrack is good, but it's so 80s. The dialogue yeah. is, like, okay, but, like, there are just some weird anachronisms. Like, everybody's Shitters. calling each other shitter. It's, like, fully <laughs> half of the lines in this movie are yeah. some variation of it's shitter. It's like John Carpenter had, like, a ton of stock in shitter. And he was like, I gotta drive this Stop up. Stop trying I, to make shitter, shitter, shitter happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not gonna happen. You turn John. a can of soda around and it's shitter. We're gonna sell once it gets high, and then I'm gonna make a massive profit on the word shitter. That is shitter. how it feels, huh? That's yeah. how yeah. John Carpenter Everybody's calling rich. each other shitter, and it's like, no one... It starts Look, with the old man. I think. Uh, I think. I guess I was mostly disappointed that, like, I thought that Dennis and Arnie's relationship was really strong, and I was looking forward to an Akira-style, like, yeah. tragic downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and, it sucks when Dennis gets sidelined. He's right? gone. Yeah, he's like fucking gone. Like an from hour this of this movie straight, and like never yeah. really comes back until the climax. Right. Um, which is not a bad climax because, like, it's it's him and uh, Leah together um, crushing the car uh, with it, um, a bulldozer. But try not to doze off. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's not bad. It has nothing to do with the car. Driving the bulldozer, that would work. Nothing to do with the car. Uh, but um, I don't know. I felt like, uh, and this is this is a weird uh, take for me to have because um, really, all right, come no, on. I'm saying, I'm <laughs> saying still, fuck Jason. I'm saying one. fuck Jason. Yeah. I say it's a uh, one. You've been repoed, man. See, Ooh, I, I said license and registration last night. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I, I crushed it. That's yeah, kind of Nothing generic. Yeah, yeah. yeah you cr- it doesn't have to do with the object. It's about how, like the drill. You know what I mean? Screw like you the, is pretty general, yeah. but it was very specific in that. What's moment. the What's the ones from? Anyway, no, sorry, sorry. Keep going, keep going. Let blow off. You think steam. this is the real Quaid? It is. I was going to say uh, Batman and Robin. Ice to meet you. Yeah, ice to meet you. Chill. Always winterize your pipes. Oh, my my personal <laughs> favorite from that movie is. What killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. And then he waits for like a beat and he goes, The Ice Age! <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, that's a really... uh, anyway, Why were you um, reading these, Cody? Yeah, no kidding. That was Jesus. good. Anyway, yeah, the weird thing that I have is I don't... 
HDS, Harry Dean Stanton, the boy, the man himself. Um, is Why do you like Harry Dean Stanton so much? He's just my favorite actor. Harry. I don't think it has Because his name's Harry. You can't say it. You, you no, kind of look like him. It's like there's a lot of similarities here. I also like Jason Bateman a lot for that same reason. I like Buffalo Bill Cody. He doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, and I think that his presence in the movie coincides with the least interesting part of this movie, which is that they're in the second act. There's this like investigation of like who done it, and it's like we know who did it, and also yeah. like it's painfully obvious, right? It's like yeah, the, the kid's car hit a bunch of people, and the kid owns the car, and he was being bullied by those people. <laughs> yeah, and they wrecked his car, and then the car came back, and it was killing people. It's like it's he's also like, the most obvious suspicious dumbass in the history of interrogations well i that part didn't bother me that was like kind of like um like harry dean stanton was like almost the straight man of the movie that like he gets dropped in into like the second half of the movie and he's an investigator and there's been a couple of murders like vehicular manslaughter kind of cases and like it's so obvious from the situation what's going on Except if you are a real person yeah. in reality, <laughs> and it's suddenly there's this self-regenerating car, and this person, like who you think was driving it, has an airtight alibi for two several of the murders. It's like uh, we we can't imagine him it's making the jump. Probably a supernatural it's car. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's the perfect so, crime. so that kind of yeah. like like I'm super skeptical. I'm uh, Harry Dean Stanton, like so showing his hand by being like, I know you fucking did this. Yeah. But at the same time, not being able to act on it and instead going to his friend and saying like, you got to get control of this guy. That to me registered as like, oh, this is how I, I like it when horror can treat itself yeah. seriously. You know, fair enough. That's a good point. I think it, it's like, it's less about what is actually happening on the camera than it is about what I'm losing. Like I, I wanted more characterization. You want I more guess. Harry Dean Stanton. Or l- maybe less Harry Dean Stanton. Okay, never say that again. I yeah, I know. <laughs> he looks so good in that suit in this movie. It's He's got like a crazy tie on. It's too great. big for him. The tie is too small. There are at least three roles that I thought Harry Dean Stanton was going to be in in this movie <laughs> that he was not in. Like, <laughs> you, I thought you he was saw the name Harry Dean Stanton. You're like, okay. And it's like, oh, who owns this parking garage? It's got to be Harry Dean Stanton. Like the guy out in the field with a rotting car. Like definitely Harry Dean Stanton. Not Harry Dean Stanton. The guy, like the 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 mechanic whose shop he brings it to. Definitely Harry Dean Stanton, not Harry Dean Stanton. The brother of the mechanic, definitely not Harry Dean Stanton. It's just bizarre how many. And, and then it's like a straight laced, uh, like well groomed uh, detective. And it's like that was your Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> you like, blew what? Harry Dean Stanton on this. Although it's funny, the the guy who owned the brother of the original owner of Christine out in the field, who's just like it's like okay, you know, we're gonna use the HDS on a different role for this. So, like, what do we do? Like, can we find a literal old prospector and just <laughs> put him in some sort of, like, half gimp suit with, like, a like a corset? It was yeah, so it was good. Like, it was oh, like man, a back brace or something? Yeah, he's... Uh, there's, there's some tremendous character actor work in this Wildly movie. Wildly good. Uh, I mean, like, you most of the cast is pretty good. When watching it, but the, the old man out in the field is, in fact, the old man... From Home Alone? From Home Alone. I got it? Old Man Marley in Home Whoa! Alone. Which is... What's his, uh, say Home his Alone name? Home Alone is not say his name. very well. Uh, his name. <laughs> say his Robert's name. Blossom. Robert's, Robert's Blossom. Robert's Blossom. That's a pretty cool name. I'll show you, you Robert's know that, Blossom. Hey, hey, real quick. Did you know that Fisher Stevens' real name is Stephen Fisher? Hmm. Hey, that's cool. Anyway, um, okay. they should have put Willem <laughs> Dafoe in this movie. I don't know what he was doing what? in 1983, but... <laughs> he uh, sh- he w- like they should have made him one of the high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Cody's noties. Yeah, we thought we, you we would just escape. We, we blew one of them, so yeah. we want to we uh, hear the Robert Slossom as Old Man Marley was one of my noties. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> no, don't clap. You You're bad. You're again? bad people. Do you want me uh, to set up the bit again? No, uh, like we a... set it up ten minutes ago Cody's and didn't noties. get back to it. Um, you had a bit within a bit between that bit and this bit. Bitception. Um, the, uh, so we we've talked about how this movie is. To this is ramping up to something, I promise. Um, the the first half, we spend among other things uh, a lot of time ogling women, uh, or in this you know, boys ogling high school girls, and then we get the we get into ogling creatures, ogling uh, this car, and the transition between uh, the transition uh, scene that kind of melds those two ideas together is when the car gets totaled by uh, that 45-year-old high school student and Moochie and friends, uh, and then it magically springs back to life. Uh, interesting, it, like, interestingly, I saw that first, like, as, like, a, a character uh, or, like a, a, um, like, a creature transformation, something you would see in An American Werewolf in, in London, which is, like, my big shout-out. Uh, that movie rules, and that's, like, an all-time I got, creature transformation sequence. I got sequence. some vibes from that, totally. from this movie, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, that plus, like, a makeover sequence all at once, um, yeah. which I really liked. Um, there were, just as a note to that, there were yeah. 17 cars made for this movie. That was like a, lot, a significant portion two, of the Two of budget. them were not Furies. Right. That's my, yeah. one of my noties. That is, that, Why that's was that? 20, uh, they're just really hard to find 1958 Plymouth Furies. So really? I think it was like a Skylark or something. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah they, uh, they got like 24 cars, made 17 out of those like full cars, and two of those weren't even Plymouths. Mm-hmm. But you can't really tell in all the shots. So yeah. Yeah. continue. Um, uh, the only other thing I have to say... Um, one other reason why Aliens, uh, the movie, sucks is it uh, ripped off this movie's ending. Think about it. I said that while we yeah. were watching. Oh, yeah. well. No, I mean, huh. that's oh, a great okay. point. No, because, no, like, no, the, the cool. whole bulldozer thing fighting the Queen Alien is yeah. the same It's the same ending. Yeah, yeah. That's, Very good. That's, yeah that's pretty cool. <laughs> just, I'm just going to take credit for all of Cody's noties. <laughs> this is a great bit. I'm glad we do it. Here, I'm going <laughs> to, I'll make everybody feel better. Uh, I haven't seen Aliens. Good, good. Or Akira. Hmm. Oh. You should I didn't see mean Akira. to bring up Akira. I'm sorry. Uh, Both previous episodes. Next time you visit, I'll lend you the movie because it's it's good. You should listen to our episode on it. After you oh, I want to watch the movie. Yeah, after you yeah. watch the movie. I've, I've got a big old that would back be a bad catalog <laughs> of movies that I need to see before I can listen to the episode. Um, Roger Ebert's review of this movie contemporaneously in December of 1983 begins, well, near begins, with the line, this car should have been, should have been recalled all right to hell. <laughs> Oh, that's the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. winner. <laughs> this car should have been recalled, all right, re- to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was fun. Um, does anybody else have any lingering thoughts? Did we uh, we should do movies? movie recommendations, because, Cody, you said American Werewolf in London, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have another one? Uh, that one plus uh, Aliens, which is an anti-recommendation. Ooh. <laughs> Don't watch Aliens. Watch Christine. Um, uh, Chronicle was another movie because we were talking about like similar incel movies. Chronicle, uh, the narrative for that movie is almost identical to this one, but with like special spooky superpowers and not cars. Um, but uh, Chronicle is decent, maybe worth watching. Okay. Uh, Rubber? Yeah. Yep. It's it's, it's sorry, all you mean, Do you mean flubber? <laughs> also uh, flubber. If Arnold Schwarzenegger man, man creates man killed the tire from rubber, would he say, uh, "I grow tired of this"? <laughs> mm. Know thyself first. <laughs> uh, Death 
vehicular manslaughter. Don't tread on me. See Akira. Looks like the end of the road. It's the worst accent so far at the very least. It sounded like an Italian. Yeah, I got a Tony Soprano rolling R's. Thank you for submitting one, though. I'm glad we got one out of you for this episode. Uh, well, I think I, we've reached... I, I, I have one more recommendation. Please. Yeah. Yes. It's not a movie, but it's <gasps> another another piece of art Nick called Christine. The uh, the uh, introductory track off of uh, a 2016 album by a punk band called Martha is called Christine, and it is supreme. Is it, it based is... on the movie or the book, perchance? Or I is don't it... think so. I think it's based on a, 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 a human woman named ah, Christine. Um, but there is the same <laughs> level of, of desire imparted toward yeah. the subjects in both of the both of the songs. Uh, what re- was the name of the punk band? Martha. Martha. We will link that in the show notes. I'm going to take it upon myself to link that one in the show notes. Look at you being a good producer. All also, right. there's there the N plus one piece you mentioned? Yeah, so that's... Feminist? Um, yes, it's called The Feminist. Okay, I'm going to uh, link it's that by... Too. Tony Tulathamute. Wow, that's a name. Tony Tulathamute. Oh, you didn't have to. You did the hands and everything when you yeah. said it. Um, but that's great. And that will, I think, everybody in this room really reading that, myself included, will read that and be like, oh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta look at myself in the mirror and All the best make sure make that I'm keeping that. keeping myself on track. Um but yeah, can I can I can I read the one kicker uh, for the the piece that I actually wrote that I like, yeah, yeah. Please, please, please cap it. It's it's two it's two sentences. Will so this be published anywhere ever? Uh, no, I'm, I'm come on. There, there are too many. I I've already like asked if I can write multiple pieces for the winter um, season. And, can you hint at anything? Probably not. Um, don't well don't no. Spill the, your we, beans. Already, we already put out the um, the the, sure. the calendar. Yeah. The calendar is yeah. out. Um, so I will I will show my hand and say that if all goes well and I have enough time, uh, hopefully I'll write something about Abbas Kiarostami's masterpiece from 1990, Close Up, which is I think the greatest example of like a um, blurring the line between documentary and fiction uh, ever put to screen. Nice. Okay, and maybe um, you can come on the pod for that one too. If hey, you feel so looking cool. forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, it. the kicker. The kicker. Should, Lead us yeah, out with that wonderful two sentence kicker. Should this be it? Should we? I think. I think should we fade into music and then, this? Yeah. Unless Cody, it looks like you've got. We should plan for this. I may have something, but you go. Oh well, you no, should. Well, no, no, no. You, you have, have a kicker, kicker line. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you like want a funny thing to put at the end? Ben, Ben, Cody. I'm gonna sign off, and then y'all can y'all can hit it. This has been Try Love. We've been talking about Christine. Thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Try Love Podcast. Follow the Tryline Cinema at Tryline Cinema on Twitter. Uh, my name is Jason. You can find me at Nintendoofus. I'm Harry. You can find me at Shiitake Harry. Uh, my name's Aaron. Uh, you can find me at Arby, please, although I'm looking to track down and murder the person who has just Arby, but we'll see. I'm Cody. I will be trying to not have Aaron track that person down. Is it you? And you can find him at Cody BH. Oh, man. Uh, and I'm Ben. You can find me at It Benjamin Scott or at the Trial on Cinemas every Ooh. other Monday. Ayo, and uh, hit us with that kicker. Okay. Y'all. Um, wow, this is, it's, I think it's too it's much build-up. It's right? just like, it's just a, a realization <laughs> yeah. that like, oh, a lot of the ideas yeah. that you guys brought this up. This has is to like be the perfect millions of listeners that millions. are going to hear what you're about to say. So the, uh, the, the end goal in a lot of the tropey fantasies about nerds, especially Revenge of the Nerds, is that uh, if 
they are given the power, the end result will be equality, fair treatment for all, a la this, like, especially in Revenge of the Nerds, like, racial fantasy. Like, if we imagined post-1950s America coming together and becoming a post-racial society, it would be just like that, but with nerds. Um, whereas in Christine, they show that the real uh, end result of this is domination through new versions of the same types of values just being yeah, inhibited by, or uh, inhabited by these nerds but yeah hell yeah hell yeah i can hear the music that's the drums kicking up it's so funny I, because i do listen to everything at double speed it's like oh i think of that as being a really fast <laughs> <bad day> song <laughs> it's the amen break yeah cody would you please send us off to that good night have we not been sent off to that good night oh yeah <sighs> do not go gently <laughs> please <clears throat> let me go gently into the fucking good night hit it are you going to let me get a clean record yeah. of this or what? Yeah, okay. Shut up. God, I hate rock and roll. No, come on. I don't care how bad To the Wonder was. Tree of Life was significantly better than Fast Fucking Five. Uh, yeah. Okay. What? Well, okay, guys, again. Okay. We got so many fucking notifications. We got people reaching out saying we need the trial of, we need the trial of top ten. Stop I'm hitting the table. Out. You're I making be honest, the microphone fuck up. All the notifications are from you, my dude. Mike, what do you mean microphones? This is an internal... You're not recording, are we you? We know you're all... Okay, look. Okay, look. We just need... I'm going to be honest. I've seen like 26 movies, okay? So we need just wow. to get this down. The one thing... You guys can argue about that French New Wave shit. 2011. It's got to be Fast Five. French Tree of Life. Blow me, okay? Take Shelter Fast came five. out. That was the directorial debut. De- debut? Take oh, Shitter, more like. Yeah, it's actually Fast Five. It's not debut. Was that Nichols' debut? I think so. Jeff Nichols, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's an incredible movie. That's pretty like, impressive. How, how can you compare Fast Five yeah. to Take Shelter? Uh, hey, bud, everybody here except for you has actually seen Fast Five. So. Oh, I've never seen Fast Five, and I refuse to. Huh. Oh. Ha. On political so, like, grounds. Okay, so you can't actually weigh in on it. Uh, I've objector. seen Tree Life, yeah. and fast, fast Five takes it. Can we do like a, like a rank choice situation here? How's this, how's this system going to work? We can't, Are we, we setting up like some sort of a so. one, so two, three? Fast Five wasn't even the best uh, movie about cars that came out in 2011. Oh, shit. Oh, my fucking God. Look at the fucking car. College bro over here, loving drive. He went to the same college. He's not even loving it. He's just saying that <laughs> it's better than Fast thing. Five, which it is. Uh, Fast Five ends with a giant chase scene with a safe Spoilers. being carried. Okay, <laughs> wait, isn't that Fast Four? <laughs> no, that's Fast Five. You Fast sure? Four is not a movie. You're thinking of Fast and Furious. Wow, these movies the leave, movie really leave the, the an impression on people who watch them. Wait, is, is Fast Five the one that takes place in uh, Tokyo? <laughs> no, that's Tokyo Drift. <laughs> and that, isn't that I, number five? Though I don't think that everybody's taking was this one is serious. It was Han dead by Fast Faded. Five. He was, was the fifth the one Furious Seven? Man, well, they're not chronological in that manner, so it kind of depends on if you're asking chronologically. Where, where were Hobbs and Shaw during not, Fast Five? Uh, well, okay, so there was a. Have you ever Hobbs. seen Beginners? That came out in 2011. That's pretty. Oh, good. that was, that was a good movie. Good. I like that movie yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, you ever seen the climax of heart racing? It's very similar to Fast Fives, actually. Yeah, there's a safe involved in a car chase and stuff. See that. Well, I can't argue with that. They go to Tokyo at one point. Okay, look, we'll get back to Fast Five. Any other, any Lost other years? Anybody? Well, I want to know: is there like, are we doing? How are we doing? Is this a ranked choice thing? I, like, am I giving? I my think top we're just going to scream out movie titles until somebody gives up, and we're like, "Fine, we a, Tron Legacy sort of is 2010." That's just what we're going to go with. Did Tron Legacy come out in 2010? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Can I give it to 2011 anyway? Yes, uh, 2010 well, and 2011 should be Tron. As, as the, non, the, the non the love like regular here, I think I can be an impartial judge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so t- 2010 Tron then, or what? What are you thinking? Uh, 2010 <laughs> Tron did come out in 2010. We cannot give it to 2011. Okay. Uh, can I? Uh, no. 
If I pay you twenty dollars, can you go with me on Fast Five twenty eleven? Well, I, I accept only Mall of America no, gift he, cards. No, he's on Team Moneyball for two thousand eleven. Oh, Moneyball, so good. You will be rolling in the money and balling Ball. if you mm-hmm. take the cash I hate that, that I'm trying uh, to give a you. A lot and tons. I'm just saying I would vote for Fast Five for like a third choice, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So like like maybe a ranked choice sort of situation. <laughs> yeah, fast Fast. Harry, fast. what are you getting at? Just spit it out. Okay, hey, guys. Fifty Fifty came out in 2011. Yeah, that's, that's a fun. That is that in is my. 50/50. I literally have Moneyball Drive and Fifty Fifty on my 2011. Yeah. That's another really good movie. Fifty Fifty rules. It's not Take Shelter, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. I have fair. a strange relationship with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I can't tell if I like that guy or hate him. He yeah. never texts me back. Yeah. I like him as an actor. I kind of hate him as a person. He did really? Whole, oh, I think he's a pretty solid person. He did that whole thing though with uh, um, Beyond Good Redcon, Five Hundred Days of Summer, or something. No, but what? there was like Redcon? a there was like a. Um, Labor situation. That yeah, hit, re- hit record. Hit record. Hit record. Joe. Record Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, they, they, they're working with a video. Stuff. They're working with a video game company to like yeah. source oh, community yeah. art, yeah. and they're not paying anybody for it. They're right. just like, hey, you'll be in the game. Have also, fun. He doesn't yeah. look anything like Bruce Willis. Looper, <laughs> dude. I, but with the was, makeup, the, even worked. with the makeup, there was uh, that point. They I, I tried disagree. to do the transition. It didn't work at all. Was Looper 2011? Because no. that's probably better. I think that was 2012. 2012, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. That's a really good movie. Um, the that's, Master came out. Harry, that's fair. The transition, like the leaping from it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt to Bruce Willis, it's funny and hilarious. There's that one shot where Bruce Willis has like has Joseph Gordon-Levitt hair. it's very good. It's like when when that shot is better than Fast Five. It's like when Smeagol is becoming Gollum. Uh, and like Andy Circus, like gradually gets like more and more old, <laughs> shitty gremlin makeup Looks on. Looks more <laughs> slimy. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, what if we? Uh, I, I think we can all agree Paddington one, Paddington two are taking twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen respectively. We um, correct. Ignore what uh, other wait, movies. Wait, came wait, out. wait! I thought we we had not moved past twenty eleven yet. We can't do that. We, we gotta come back to twenty eleven. No, I think twenty eleven has to be the the battlegrounds. I'll here. pay you twenty dollars. We, we already fast said five. Uh, Fast Five for twenty eleven, right? Yeah, no, Fast wait, Five wait, is locked wait, in. Point, okay. point, of, so point 20, of clarification: 20, 20, yeah. Paul Walker's character in Fast Five was he named? Paul Walker in the movie? No, no. He, what? He should have been. I Brian. don't know. Brian O'Connor. Brian O'Connor. Was it Paul Driver for the movie? Mini was it, Driver. Was it Paul Driver for the movie? Was Mini Driver in the Fast and Furious series? Yes. They're they're getting Mini Driver. Adam Driver was for in it. The ninth. Adam Cardi I can't B believe the Adam. When is Adam Driver going to be in a Fast, Fur- Fast uh, and Furious? Not movie? soon enough. Yeah. Did Amen. you not see Patterson? Fast and Furious: <laughs> The Buses of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Premium Rush. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right, is that 